When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tom Butler. I'm Brendan Duffy. And I'm Tom Wheatley. And you're listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Join us on this journey of discovery across the world of the 007 movies as we take an encyclopedic look at cinema's greatest spy films. We'll learn about the people who made them in front of the camera and behind. From Ken Adam to Max Zorin, with occasional detour down a few rabbit holes. And we'll sometimes be joined by guests with unique insight into the world of Bond. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the James Bond brand, Eon, or the Fleming Estate. We do our best to make sure the information is accurate, but sometimes we do get it wrong. If you want to correct us on something or add some more detail, email us on podcast podcast.jamesbond8z.co.uk. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. If you want to support the podcast, we have a coffee page at ko-fi.com forward slash jamesbond8z, and you can find the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the James Bond A to Z podcast, where M is for, well, it's not really for anything this time. <laughs> Mailbag. Mailbag. Okay, we're going to go with that. We're going a bit off script this time. Um, we are going to answer some of your questions that you've sent in. We're going to discuss a few different things about the James Bond uh, world. So it's a little bit different from our usual episodes. But as always, my name is Tom Butler and joining me... As we delve into the mailbag of joy, it's uh, Mr. Brendan Duffy. Hello. And I haven't got anything witty to say about him, but... It, it... Say the mailbag of joy again, because that was a really normal thing to say. <laughs> and delving into his own ball bag, it's Mr. Tom Wheatley. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Really upping the tone. Very nice. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, yeah, we asked uh, our followers on Instagram, Twitter, what have you, uh, for some questions. Uh, for the podcast, because frankly, we need a bit of a break from all the hardcore researching that we've been doing. And it just gives us an opportunity just to have a, just a general chat about uh, James Bond, which we don't often get to do. So we've got lots of questions in and we will go through them. We've got some shout outs to go through. And most excitingly, we're going to be re-ranking the 12 James Bond films that we've covered so far, which is going to be exciting. Oh, exciting. it'll get a lot of people off my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we dive into the mailbag, uh, I thought we could just have a quick chat. Uh, James Bond is back. He's, in, he's back in the cinemas. Mm. Have you been enjoying that? Yeah, I've been struggling to watch them all. It's a bit annoying that the, the the time it's on. But yeah, I've been I've, I've seen two of them now. Uh, I think yeah, that's probably fair to mention actually that the obviously the, the Bond films are back in the UK and Ireland cinemas, but um, 
the way that they've been done, it's they've made it very difficult for people to to, to find them. Um, not every cinema is showing them. Um, a lot of the cinemas that are showing them are only showing them at one time on one evening. Mine randomly between, happened on Monday and Tuesday evenings. Um, yeah. Whereas Brendan, mm-hmm. yours seems to be the op- whatever it is, but the opposite, Tuesday or Monday. Yeah, which um, is great, isn't it, for trying to record the podcast as well. Yeah, so you like to record it early in the week. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, poor us, because I know in North America and Canada, Australia, they don't have these the, the re-release going on. So uh, we shouldn't feel too sorry for ourselves. Um, but uh, how have the how the audiences been when you've been small? <laughs> there's there's only about six people in there with me, but they are very excited. Yeah, mine depends on the on the film that it is. You can definitely tell the more popular films like Gold Goldfinger. Also, the cinema seemed to be quite quite savvy on what screen to put it in because Goldfinger they put it in a bigger screen, and it mm. it was warranted because it had more people in it. Mm. I know that's had the biggest box office so far of the re-releases and I wonder how it will pan out over the whole course because 25 films it will be peaks and troughs right I think um mm. yeah I, I kind of thought that the Connery ones would be fairly popular I, I have a feeling the Roger Moore ones are going to drop a bit some of those ones but when you get to the the Brosnan ones I think that's going to be when they start getting really busy. I reckon they'll be the ones where they really peak won't they because of the yeah. the, the era I noticed that the, when I've been to see them they've been generally an older crowd um and you you, you, you uh, that's probably just sort of um because of uh yeah the, the age of the movies i guess they're not going to attract the young uns to those ones but um no they've I, i've really enjoyed them it's bit some of them i've seen on the big screen before some of them not gosh just i think i think it's a bit it, it's not worked out well because obviously amazon has got all of them about the same time so mm-hmm. if they'd done the films maybe 6 6 obviously it's an anniversary so they can't do that but if um, there was a bit of a gap, like a six-month gap, and the, the cinema ones came out first, I'd have gone. Not, well, most people would probably gone to see a lot more of them. But you know, if you're busy or something, you go, "Well, I'll just watch it on Amazon mm-hmm. after this because it's on there." So, yeah, I think it's a bit, a bit of bad timing around it for access to the films. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Like they came to Amazon and then then they were announced for the cinema. So, um, but I, I mean, I always urge people to go see them on the big screen because it's they're made for the made for the movies, right? And um, some of the stuff just trans- translates better. Yeah, you really spot the some of the things that we talk about in the films a lot more easily on the big screen. Like you know when you see, uh, you know the tattoos or mm-hmm. um, Connery's tattoos, or you're talking about uh, stuntmen. It's so much more obvious when you're watching it on modern day big screens, which is it's an interesting way to view it. Yeah. Um, also. But recently watched You Only Live Twice and the uh, the cat going absolutely crazy on oh, yeah. arms is, <laughs> is so obvious. I, I know, how, yeah, so we've only ever seen that on the small screen, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the line in Thunderball, which I've never really caught before, but it's Connery when he comes out in, in Shrublands and he says, Catch you later, irrigator. Um, yes, yeah. Um, which I've never really noticed before. I d- didn't notice that it was a, it was a pun. Um, it was quite funny. Yeah. But there are lines in there that I haven't caught before, or like didn't pl- they, they play better with an audience than they do at home? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's really satisfying to hear where the laughs are as well. Like, yeah, with, with an audience, I just think it's a great way of seeing them from a different perspective, and and it's given me newfound love for certain films, and you know that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, there's many more to come. Many more, many, many more, many more. Which ones are you most looking forward to seeing on the big screen? The Golden Eye, definitely. Well, we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and the Spider Love Me, I think that would be great. What about you? I quite like to see Live and Let Die. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's going to be a really nice one to watch. And then maybe can't think of another. Maybe oh, no, I've seen Moonraker in them before. Uh, I think probably. Yeah, I think it's probably the Brosnan ones for me because. Because I've got memories of being at the cinema of those, so there's a bit, bit of a different angle of uh, memories coming back from those. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait to die another day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go in at about six pints deep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, yeah, all, of the, all of the Roger ones, to be honest. Um, uh, Man with a Golden Gun, I'm intrigued to see. I know that's quite a, a technical movie, so I'm intrigued to see that one on the big screen. Um, and also ones that like I'm not that taken with, like Living Daylights, Few Eyes Only. I'm interested to see those and how they play on the big screen, whether they're sort of something that's lost in translation. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all of them now. I- I'm just hoping that they, because at the moment, the cinema, I think it's the same for all of us, they're sort of showing them at 7.50 on a Monday or Tuesday night. And it's not too bad at the moment because they're sort of two hours long. But when you get to some of the really long ones, that's going to be a struggle, I think, for... Mm. Getting up early in the morning. Let's open the mailbag and answer a question. Right, this one's from Nikolai Quack, friend of the show. He wants to know what is our favourite James Bond movie poster. Quite an easy one to, to set us off with, I think, I reckon. Mm. Brendan? Yeah. Golden Eye. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Golden Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Any answer, Golden Eye. It's not easy. Oh, there you go. There's some really good. There's some really good hand-drawn ones. It makes. I've I've got a very. I reckon me and Butler's are going to be pretty similar. Right. Oh, well, listen. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a handful here. So I really love the Living Daylights poster. That's like the last hand-drawn one. I think the one with the the gun barrel. Uh, It's just a classic look for a Bond poster, and I think it really nails all the elements on there. And then, other than that, obviously, Fury Eyes Only. I'm a big fan of that poster. The legs, iconic that one. The iconic yeah. legs, yeah. And I also love the um, the teaser for License to Kill. You know, his bad side is a dangerous place to be, uh, or his dangerous side is bad. I can't remember which way around it is, but it's just the black him all in black with the gun, and that just to me is um, is classic. Um, mm. So that's that, that's a handful. But also, really love the the all the posters for from from Russia with Love. I think are beautiful, like just classic, yeah, fantastic, classic. Oh, yeah. So you're not going for No Time to Die with people just stood against a blue background? <laughs> thought that would be a... You're a big fan of blue backgrounds, aren't you? And, and... Yeah, or yeah. the Spectre one where it's just a man with a skull face. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, sorry, about, I don't want to talk about... Quantum of Solace with him just on, uh, lying down with a gun? Yeah, oh yeah. That, that's Skyfall, isn't it? Um... Skyfall. Yeah, that's Skyfall. <laughs> mm. Obviously, it's the Tanner character poster from No Time to Die. So let's yeah, just end yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so you're locking that in. That's I'm yours, locking that okay. <laughs> Yeah, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? And I can't believe you've not said it yet. The Live and Let Die one, I think, is excellent. Yeah. With the cards. And, yeah. and the little voodoo bond, which I only noticed when we did that episode, actually. The detail of the little voodoo bond. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, hand-drawn again. My only issue with that one is that they basically copied it for the man with the golden gun. And so you, it kind of, it's no, a little bit yeah. diluted in a way, um, like the ones that you don't see again. But yeah, I think there's different ways you can look at it, isn't it? So from a sort of artistic perspective, and definitely from our era, we've got this sort of retro design thing where we really like that style. I, I, I was going to go for Live and Let Die um and Man with Gone Gun, because I like the style of both of those, because they are very similar. But I also, 
because I like that. I like the eighties. I like that design anyway. It's, it's a really popular design in the eighties. But also, uh, Goldfinger for me. I think that was the only poster I've ever owned, and like stuck up on my wall. I think um, the brown John one. Yeah, yeah, every, um, yeah. The black one with the sort of few images on it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it's a very different different design altogether. It's of its time, isn't it? And it probably wouldn't have worked in the. 70s and 80s but uh, i definitely think the ones from living at die mammy gun golden gun are the most artistic i think that the, the most effort has gone into them they're really nice yeah i mean uh, the, the first bomb poster i ever bought and freight half frame still behind me is the on a majesty secret service i think that's a terrific poster um mm-hmm. it's very out there it sort of follows the, in the theme of the one for um you only live twice you know where he's walking around the rim of the uh the the volcano oh, yeah it's yeah. very different i love uh lazenby's stance on that yeah the way he's holding the gun on the skis completely unnatural Just, isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody's gone for the uh the ice ones in uh, die another day oh that die another day teaser poster though oh yeah the melt with the, the gun melting gun yeah. Yeah. oh yes that is good actually i would say that the teaser posters for the brosnan era were better generally than the main posters which was the oh no it was an awful one of uh, Halle Berry and Pierce Brosnan wasn't it both shooting guns like it was a Nicolas Cage film yeah yeah and they've got good Japanese posters for Die Another Day that's I think the Japanese the posters are if we if we if we're picking uh, regional based ones the Japanese ones always win for me <laughs> yeah I mean there's loads it was a good good question Nikolai loads there to choose from we'll but, do yeah. a whole episode on it soon. Well, I probably will do when we get to pay, pay for posters. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if people want to email in their um, suggestions as well, their favourite posters, then uh, they can get us on uh, podcast at jamesbond8z.co.uk. Um, send them in. Tweet us yeah. as well. Stick, um, them on, stick them on Instagram as well, the most popular ones. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yes. All right, let's move on to the next question. This is from our friend George at Cinema Savvy. He wants to know, he's going to ask about vo- the viewing order of the films. So... Obviously, you're going to watch them in um, uh, chronological order, um, but not always, not always suitable. Um, so he says, if you can pick three films to show someone seeing James Bond for the first time, what three do you go for? And he's given us three different scenarios. Right. So the first one is a child under ten. This is good because we've actually discussed this before, but only in in one. Uh, in one instance, which would be somebody who's never seen it, how do you kind of get them into Bond? Yeah. So this is this is a good angle for it. A child under ten, you only live twice. Yeah, agreed. Golden Eye, Brendan, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not having this all episode. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> um, it's you only live twice or Spy Love Me, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I th- I'm going to go for the whole Lewis Gilbert trilogy. Um, you only live twice. Spy, love me, Moonraker. I think those three mm. are the perfect introductions to Bond for someone yeah. of a younger disposition because they're just so much fun. There's so much there to, you know, get you excited. There's yeah. little Nelly, there's the volcano. You've got um, Spy, love me. You've got Jaws. You've got the parachute jump. You've got loads of great gadgets. You've got obviously got the amazing car in that one. Mm. Um, well well you you've got kids so yes would would they be the three that you know you would go for <laughs> probably I, I mean I, as you both know i was watching moonraker after my birthday when i was hungover and the kids were asleep on the sofa because we'd had a party and they woke up and um they were i was watching moonraker and they were quite taken with it until it got too scary for them and 
Yeah. What 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 was the scary bit? The uh the space outfits? No, it was Jaws on the cable car. They oh, just found him too right. terrifying. Um which I can understand. I mean they're only six and three. So. Is there a is is the pigeon double take in Moonraker? Uh yeah, that's is that that's in the uh, Venice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when he's on the gondola. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know the bit they loved was the bit with the ninja in the glassworks in Moonraker. They just thought that was hilarious. The um, Chang is it Chang? His name. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got the 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 the, the suit on the, the the boot. I don't even know what you say, but it's got like a ninja outfit on, and then he's attacking him with the big stick. They just thought that was hilarious. Um. All right. Next scenario. Are we, are we locked in on those three? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think so, yeah. I mean, worth saying you probably couldn't show any of the Daniel Craig films to an under 10-year-old. Well, one, um, one because they'd be scared, too, because they wouldn't have an, a clue what was going on. No. Yeah, and, and you'd have to start Casino Royale because of the arc. Yeah. All right, so significant other half. Uh, that's a good question because I've been trying to do this. Um, so you need tips. <laughs> I need tips. Uh, well, I, I think it's it, it's largely dependent on... Their tastes. Their taste, but also like... You know, if you ask this to a, you know, 20-year-old couple, that might be different. But certainly, I think for me, my girlfriend, it's Daniel Craig era stuff. I'd just show her that. Just, it's too hard to get her to sort of grasp what the, the other films are about or what. what you, you can't really, like for sure, Roger Moore one, she'd be like, is this comedy? It, it's a bigger hurdle, isn't it, to get it's over? It's a bit bigger hurdle. I, I actually took her to see From Rush With Love and she didn't mind it, but I think... She, she just wasn't really like she didn't really get it in the context that where it was in the Bond series. So I definitely just yeah just show them Craig and then if they like that you've got a starting point. I'd go with Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Interesting because it's not really like a Bond film in a way. It's mm. it's got more to it than just a, a, your average Bond film. Yeah, I suppose um, the other part of that question is also. Does your significant other like older films and things like that? Because in that sense, you probably it's just a nice, good old film, isn't it? Um, yeah. But if they're not into old films, you can't really show them those ones because it's a bit of a leap. I would, I mean, I would agree with the Daniel Craig thing because they are a better, easier entry point for someone who's not familiar with the series. Definitely, yeah. Or, or um, peers, I reckon you could still get away peers because they're just sort of fun '90s films, aren't they? If you don't really understand yeah. the context. Yeah, I think so. But if we're going to go classic, I think I don't think you can go wrong again with The Spy Who Loved Me because that's just so much fun. Um, yeah. I think that's just such a good entry point for anyone, I, really. I just wouldn't show... I don't think I'd show Roger film films, uh, any of the Roger films, to somebody who didn't know what Bond was or wasn't really into it, never seen it before, just because he is such a difficult one to sort of grasp at the point of time we're at now. I guess so. Yeah, there is a lot of context you got to consider, but I, I don't know. He's he's probably the entry point for most people. For, for most people, he's um, who are fans now. He was the entry point, right? He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why couldn't he still be the entry point? I think. Um, we well, go a few to a kill. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a bit. Of, it's got something for everyone. Bit of quiche. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of Grace Jones. Bit of Grace Jones. I mean, you really can't dislike that film. That's that. Yeah, the perfect entry point is View to Kill. What about some of the early ones? What, like, Doctor No would be a good... Wouldn't that be a good entry point? Uh, I think Doctor No is... Uh, I think Doctor No, it, you need to understand the con, the, bo- like the bond, where it comes in the bond thing and what, mm. why, why it's important. Because on on its own, if that film was a film on its own and no, no other Bond films existed and you've never seen any, it's not a particularly 
It's not refined, is it? It's not refined. There's not a lot of depth to it. And by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, it's all right, probably. But when we watch it, we can see the, the, the how that generated the following films and mm. what they learned from it. But I think if that was a standalone film, you, it wouldn't be a very strong film. Yeah, and I think the problem with Gold golden 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 finger with goldfinger is the sexual politics make it a difficult one i think um to um try and bring someone into the series uh, ditto with thunderball right mm-hmm. yeah um because you're gonna get yourself cancelled if <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. but if, but if your significant other is really into underwater go thunderball uh, oh boy um, and the final scenario is an adult looking to get into them. So I guess this is like your mate who's never watched a James Bond film before. Where do you start them off? Yeah, th- yeah. Again, it's it's a similar thing with the partner. Well, yeah. Do, do, if they're if they're like us, you could probably show them a, a, an older one, and they go, "That's a really good film." But if they're not into old films, I'd go Casino Royale. It's just a safe bet, isn't it? It's a good film. I think you can go earlier than that. Yeah. And you're not going to like my answer. Is it Goldeneye? <laughs> it's Goldeneye, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say exactly the same thing, actually. Yeah. I think Goldeneye is a great entry point for the series because it's just such a light, fast-moving film, isn't it? Mm. And it's fun. It's funny. The sexual politics aren't too iffy. Yeah. Probably are in places. Yeah, because he's, he's you know he's got comments from, from M that sort of bring him down to... Yeah. Some form of reality, which which helps. Yeah, not... and if you like it, watch Mamma Mia afterwards, yeah. and uh, you're sorted. <laughs> yeah, or well, Mamma Mia can be your entry point, and then and then you can. Move I mean, yeah, that's so see that's... what I did before I retired to a Greek island. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get my friend into Bond. How do I start? Show Mamma Mia. <laughs> the strangest. Yeah, you know, I mean that'd be good. Te- I'd like to see that test work. So, how did you get into it? Well, I watched Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia Two, and then I was hooked. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, this is from Paul Planchich. He wants to know, can you tell us what your favourite informational or biography Bond book is? So um, I guess he's he's aware that we do a lot of research in the books. So um, yeah, what what are your what are your favourites or what what do you like to turn to? It's really hard. There's there's so many good ones. A reliable one is is the Legacy. Yes, um, John Cork and Bruce Skivelly. That's that's the uh, the one that is it's official, you know. The archives have been well and truly looked into, and it's it's got a, like a story to it through the ages. It adds um, a lot so of context, doesn't it, for each yeah. era of Bond uh, in terms mm-hmm. of what was going on in the real world and how that affected James Bond. So yeah, it's a great shout, but it's an absolutely ginormous book. Yeah, if they could if they could just make it a bit smaller, so you can not have to sort of move your sofa out the way and and put all the, the furniture to the side to open it and uh, that would help. Yeah. yeah but yeah. great shout on it being an official one. Yeah, I'd, I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that. And it's so in-depth as well, isn't it? And it also covers mm. Casino Royale and, and Never Say Never Again, which is unusual, I think, for an, a, an official book. Yeah, yeah. yeah because it covers everything. It covers that McClory, the McClory story and everything. Yeah, well, it's that. beautifully put into sort of a, a one be- like long story. So you can follow it mm. and always read it like a... Not a novel, but there's a start and a middle and an end to it, and you can see the whole journey, which isn't often the case with Bond books. They tend to be more, you know, sort of encyclopedic. Uh, so it's mm. a nice, it's nice from that perspective, and you get all the nice pictures. So you really, if you 
it's a great entry point, really, for if you go, well, I really want to learn the whole thing, read that. You probably know quite a lot about the whole journey and you can delve into other things a bit more, whereas the other ones, they're a little bit drier, aren't they? And you really have to know what you're mm-hmm. looking for. Yeah, I think the only thing would say about that one is, is, is the legacy only goes up to the Pierce Brosnan era. So um, anything Daniel Craig related, you're, it's out. It's not there. Yeah. Um, but it would be great if they updated it for the 60th. I can't see it happening, but um, yeah, would be uh, would be great. I mean, the, the the two obviously that often we refer to as well, some kind of hero by Matthew Field and AJ Chowdhury, which yep. is uh, just a really in depth uh, the story of how each film was made, and also a lot of the uh, other stuff, how the books became optioned to be made movies. Um, the films that didn't get made, why Harry and Cubby fell out, all that sort of stuff. It's like a good biography of the Bond yeah. films. Meticulous. Great quotes research. as well. Yeah, great quotes. Yeah. And then the other one is the uh, Nobody Does It Better by Mark Altman and Edward Cross. Sorry, I'm just looking at the... Um, hmm. the, the, the that's a, an oral history of the James Bond films. So... Um, that's got loads of really good quotes from loads of really interesting people. The only thing it doesn't quite have is the narrative art structure, which mm. makes sometimes finding what you're looking for a little bit tricky. Um, I'd I'd say nobody does it better. That's my favourite one. Yeah, because I I've got that on uh, as an audio book, and it's it it's quite what I like about it is that it goes through every part of the the Bond series um in quite big chapters and they they take references there's lots of different quotes from lots of different people associated with bond quite a lot of people that aren't really associated with bond and they're just fans of bond but I, I, what i like is it's it's quite varied like some of the chapters like there'll be a chapter about casino royale 67 that's very much focused on one area of the production and then you read another one it's very much focused on like tim dalton or something like that so it's not just prescribed this is what happened this is this it's they've sort of taken angles on each bit bit of it so you tend to find something new and interesting out every time um and i love listening to it. it's like little back and every chapter is about an hour long so you mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good little uh, if you're a runner or you, you walk for an hour then it's sort of you can listen to the whole thing in one nice package yeah i guess some other mentions um i would say that the it's an older book but the incredible world of 007 by lee pfeiffer um and philip lisa that's really good uh one of the early sort of full stories of james bond type books it's got some really great weird sections at the back like bloopers and interviews with cast and all sorts of stuff so that's really worth seeking out well of course bond on bond yes probably put that in there. Uh, any of the roger moore books really because he is the yeah. only bond to have written about bond uh, at this stage yeah. so they're good um, I've also read a really good book recently called Goldeneye by Matthew Parker, which is about Ian Fleming and Jamaica. It's not really about Bond, but um, more about the history of Jamaica told through the lens of Ian Fleming there, which is was a really interesting book. If you ever read the MI6 Confidential magazines, they're always really good detailed, uh, got good stuff in there. And then also there's a few official making of books for the films. Goldeneye, I'm thinking of. Uh, license to kill um i think there, i think there is one for tomorrow never dies and the world is not enough but we haven't got there yet so i haven't got them but they're always really good because they're again official accounts um mm-hmm. and a bit more detailed so yeah that's a lot of answers there it is yeah <laughs> uh right let's go back to the movies nikolai another question from him what are your guys favorite 
uh, third act slash climaxes to Bond films. Well, I tell you what, the other day I went to see You Only Live Twice, seeing that on the big screen, that climax, it's so huge. Mm. It's impressive. Mm. I thought it was, I thought it's excellent. You know, it, it doesn't, there's a few Bond films that don't live up to the, uh, to what's preceded. You know, the first two acts, like the whole chase is really exciting and the, the third act falls flat a little, mm. but You Only Live Twice, it does not let up. No, it really doesn't. Uh very loud as well really good to hear in the cinema very explosive mm. finale yeah. uh, i'm gonna go in there with uh, license to kill i love the ending of license to kill i love that stunt sequence um i think it's really yeah, well great really well put together uh, really memorable it feels it feels tangible right it feels gritty feels real so mm-hmm. i'd say that and also goldeneye as well i really love the ending of goldeneye um yeah how that all yeah. comes together we- um also skyfall yeah uh, I think the attack on Skyfall is fantastic. Coffee. Medium sweet. Two medium sweet. Thanks for listening. We hope you're enjoying the James Bond A to Z podcast. Remember, if you want to support the show, we have a coffee page at ko-fi.com forward slash James Bond A to Z, where you can buy us a coffee for just £3 or for three pounds a month thanks for listening back to the show what's the matter i don't feel so good i feel so scary is that all it does Here we go. Here's an interesting question. This one is from uh, at Kid Creole Three, aka Daddyo. In your research for the A to Z, have there been people whose story has surprised you or touched you unexpectedly? I would say Johnny Jordan's story was quite unexpected because obviously that's part of why we do this to find out stories that we didn't know and how the shots were got and stuff like that. Reminders. And Johnny Jordan was the aerial photographer. Um, he, he was the one who got some of those incredible shots on, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and you and, only live twice. And you only live twice. And uh, unfortunately, um, he, he... I can't remember which film it was, but he it, he got killed, didn't he, on, on the set of another film, not a Bond film. Um, yeah. He lost a leg on You Only Live Twice and then died while making another film. Mm. Um, and that that was quite a surprising story to just to see the sort of risks he was taking, and then it's quite sad how how it ended. Really, you you also had um, quite early in the podcast uh, had a good one with um, Pedro Almendares, which was uh, yes. a story I wasn't aware of before we sort of dived into researching it. And that his, his story was obviously very very sad, yeah. um, terminally ill on the set of From Russia with Love. But yeah, he obviously then uh, they had to finish shooting um, the, his scenes early, and um, yeah, and, and then left and killed himself in yeah. hospital. Mm. Um, Johnny Dorden died while filming Catch Twenty Two. That's it. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think the thing about um, Karen Pedro Armendariz is that it's not it's not so much that he was ill. Um, and and you know passed away afterwards. It was that it you just can't imagine it from in the film. He's just so good in it and so lively and charismatic. Uh, 
charismatic and it's mm. and it's it was surprising to go no way that can't be mm. well talk, we're talking about the right the same person so fantastic motivation and effort in that and he really does he is fantastic in that film i think there's other ones as well i think there's there's people that not so much i think i think people like Almandares is 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 really surprising but then there's there's people like uh, richard keel who if you didn't know much about him you probably would assume that he was just sort of you know big guy plays um, the big guy in films, and that's it, really. But he—he he was a smart guy. He was really, really smart, mm-hmm. and he—he he also did loads for charity and things like that. So there's a, and there's a, I think there's a lot of altruistic people that we've we've learnt about in by doing the podcast that you probably didn't, not maybe not expect, but you just didn't know about that kind of side of them. Um, but I think there's a lot of those in the Bond world that do that. Yeah. There was also uh, Ilsa Stepat as well, who sadly died not long after making um, uh, On a Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yes. Which, again, of didn't know that. Like, yeah. that was very, very mm. sad yes. that yeah. she died. And they were planning to bring her back, weren't they, for Diamonds mm. Are Forever, but had to be, uh, yeah, completely changed after that. Uh, another one I thought was quite an interesting one to research was Caroline Cossey, who was obviously in uh, For Your Eyes Only, the transgender uh, Bond girl. Um, yes. Yeah, 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 which was uh, just a fascinating story to learn about and uh, quite an inspiring one. I thought um, that she was able to take, um, you know, you know, this tough story that she had been dealt and uh, turn it into something quite positive. So um, mm, that was quite a good one. Yeah, but that's the great thing about it. You know, we find out about all these people that do such amazing work outside of Bond, you know, and have incredible stories. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Mm. That's what that's what we're learning about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a good one. This is from Luke Payne. Um, Luke's been one of our supporters on uh, Coffee and uh, on, on Twitter. In fact, let's give a shout out to our Coffee um, supporters. Uh, Luke, Guillaume, uh, Adrian, John, Carwin, David, Jack, all, all contributed. So, yeah, thanks thanks a million for, for that. That's been uh, great to get that support. But Luke, he, he messaged and said, if Ian Fleming had retained the rights to Casino Royale, how do you think Casino Royale might have worked with Connery? And do you think it would have changed the series much? It's a good hypothetical. Oh, it is. The multiverse. I, I think it would have been good. I think, I, think, I think he would have been fantastic in it. And, and you kind of look at him in some of the casino scenes that he's done and you can see that it, I think it would have worked really well. My only concern is they would have made it first and would have heavily relied on a soundstage. So we wouldn't have got that, that view of Jamaica, yeah. which is part of the charm of Bond. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know whether whether we would have lost that and it would just have turned out to be another just another 60s film. You know? Yeah, that's true. And there's probably an element of it where the new Casino Royale, they basically really tried to make it like the the book. They They <laughs> went back to Fleming and they tried to... Obviously, they modernised it and everything, but they really wanted to hit it hard. Whereas what they might have done with the original version is sort of soup it up, move it to a different location, adding a load of action scenes and stuff. So there was a risk of that. Yeah. Um, I guess that if you remember back when we did Casino Royale 67, they, they the producers on that, they tried to sue, I think, Harry and Cubby because they'd lifted so many elements from what they thought was the Casino Royale story and put them into Bond anyway. So... You feel you feel like the DNA of Casino Royale is in the Bond films anyway, right up until the mm. point that they made mm. the official Casino Royale. So yeah, I don't think it would have changed too much. 
Um, but I'm glad that we got it at the point that we did. You know, that 2006 Casino Royale was a great way to reboot the series at that point. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we hadn't had that, what would it have been? You know, they'd been going on a very weird trajectory, hadn't they, with... Um, from GoldenEye to Tomorrow Never Dies to The World Is Not Enough to Die Another Day, they were getting sort of, you know, these labyrinthine, high-tech plots, lots of, like, um, yeah, just very ornate, like, weird plotting stories and stuff like that. And I think the fact that they went back to Casino Royale helped them get back on course Mm. with just telling a great story. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting uh, hypothetical there. Another one here. Right, let's listen to this one. This is from Jack Cross. He said, which Bond actor was most wasted as a villain and which actor made the most of their opportunity? I think he's just talking about the villains here. I would say the one who... What is it? The one who most wasted their opportunity? Yeah. So that's a tough one because cause a lot of the time it's not the, it's not the actor's fault. It's the dodgy scripting. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's really tough. I'm gonna, um, okay, I, I'll jump in. I've got a good one for you. Christoph Waltz as Blofeld. Um, Christoph Waltz, I think, is a terrific actor, um, but uh, I don't I think he makes very limited impact as Blofeld, to be honest. I would have liked to have seen him be an original villain of his own making. Mm. You know, he was great as Hans Lander in, in Glorious Bastards. And, uh, yeah, I just think he, that was a, a huge missed opportunity. Um to make an interesting Blofeld or an interesting vi- another villain. I think it would have been better as another villain, to be honest. So uh, there's mine. I think Safin was pretty useless. If, really? If yeah. Yeah. I don't think he had a motive. Uh, I think you've got an, an actor who we know is capable of great things, you know, if you look at his career. Yeah. What about ones that made the most of it? I was going to say Yafit Koto. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Big in Live and Let Die. Um, I, I really think like... te- te- Telly Savalis. Yes. I think he has so much fun with that role. Yeah, you can have yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, going, I'm going through my head, keep thinking, what about that one? Then, uh, and then I think, actually, no, that was pretty bad. Gert uh, Frobe. Well, Gert Frobe was, yeah. 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 I was, well, Doctor No, I was kind of thinking, when, you, when, when we were talking about the, the one that didn't make the best of it, and I, I think Doctor No was fantastic, but I think he also was wasted a bit. They didn't really use him as as much as they could because he's he's very good in the scenes he's in, but he's also quite limited in those scenes. He's it's sort of his his role in that film ends very abruptly, and it's and you don't get the best of him. Um, That's reflective of the book, though. It's quite a faithful adaptation of the book. Doctor No doesn't come in until very very late in the story. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, well, in the other sense, he's very good. Yes. <laughs> so he just make the best of the role. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Bean, I think, really makes a good fist of uh, playing 006, Electrovelian, Gold, mm. <laughs> Golden Eye again. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not allowed to talk about Golden Eye, so I won't mention anything. <laughs> that's why people. That's why people listen to the podcast. Here, you talking about Golden Eye? <laughs> Elliot Carver, Christopher Lee. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. I think yeah. I think I might put Mads Mikkelsen as, as the top. To be honest. Yeah, as the best. As the best for me. Not Mr. Kill. <laughs> Not Mr. <laughs> Most wasted villain. He should have been the main villain. Um, I, I just think he's, he's so terrifying, but the way he plays it, it's not like an obvious terrifying like a lot of the Bond villains. So yeah, understated. Yeah. 
Right, I've got another good one from Nikolai here. What kind of action sequence hasn't been done before would you like to see? Um, I'm going to dive in here because I heard something we did, uh, uh, for the website I work for. We did an interview with Chris Corbold and he was asked what's the action sequence or the vehicle that he's never had, got to use before and would like to put in a James Bond film. And he said a Formula One car. And it's got me thinking about like James Bond at the races and some sort of racing sequence. Like because... in Our Majesty's Secret Service? Sorry? Like in Our yes. Majesty's Secret Service? Yeah. Yes. Like in Dying of the Day on the Ice? Yes. Yeah. So they've done it. But, um, <laughs> well, but like, yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a joke one, isn't it? But like, I know that Fleming was very much into his motorsports. Um, there's obviously that scene in Iron Man 2 where they're at the, the, the Formula One. Um, mm. I can see it. I can see Bond infiltrating some sort of racing team. and I don't Well, you know. kind of want him to infiltrate a racing team and then come off the track and end up racing around the streets in a car going past normal cars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what would be one thing I'd, I'd quite like to see. What about um, in the Tour de France? On a bike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cycling. Cycling chase. So, yeah. He's, he's not running. A, a, a long-distance running race. <laughs> I, you know what I'd also like to see is I'd like to see the jetpack from Thunderball come back and be used in a meaningful way because it's yeah. really not used in an interesting way in Thunderball. Well, he escapes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But I think there is something there. Like, there's a lot of use of, of jetpacks now in Mountain Rescue, so there is like a human like uh, use case, case for mm. it now. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, everything else has been done, hasn't it? You have a hot air balloon, done. Yeah. Space, done. Underwater, done. Yeah, um, you, yeah you've, got to be, you've got to be specific, haven't you? Because it's got to be like a specific vehicle that yeah. hasn't... Kite surfing. surfing. He's done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he has. he's done that <laughs> unnecessarily so. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And segways aren't really in fashion anymore, so... Uh, Oh, yeah. that would be fantastic. A Segway yeah. chase, yeah. Anyway, that's a good one to think about. And that's another one for people to email in. Skateboards. Skate- <laughs> <laughs> also, I always bang on about this, but taking James Bond to Australia, I think that's something we need to do um, because he's never been there. So let's mm. take him somewhere new and give him something to do there. Something on the Sydney Opera House. Um, oh, that be could be the, uh, that'd be the action sequence, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... With an opera going on at the same time. Yes, of course. To give it that, you know, mm. composer David Arnold. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, we've got it sorted. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> okay, just a couple more questions to get through. Um, this is another one from Luke. He's back on his hypotheticals. He wants to know what are our favourite 007 mysteries in hypotheticals to ponder. He, example, For example, if Lazenby had made a second film if Dalton had made a third one, if Bosnan had made a fifth, or if he'd started with The Living Daylights, what, have, what are the ones that you like to ponder? Well, we've done the Dalton third film to death. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with, what if Roger Moore had played Bond from the beginning? Oh, yes. Ooh, wow. <laughs> what, and it, what, it, and it, from the 1960s, he'd started Yeah, yeah from Doctor No. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a what if jump in the what if machine it'd have ended in 1963 wouldn't it yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. yeah that would be a, oh, blimey I can't imagine him in well, those well Connery if he'd stayed on and done all the the the, um, the Bond films up to 1983 um, 
because he his last one was 1983, wasn't it? With yeah, um, yeah. Never Say Never Again. Mm. So, yeah, um, that's that's an interesting one. I I always like to think about what would um, On a Majesty Secret Service have been like with with Sean Connery. Um, mm, better that's one I like to ponder. Better, <laughs> even better than it already is. I but think. then I wonder whether or not they all just were were were, were upping their game because of um, it being a new Bond. Right, because um, they had a point to prove. Yeah. yeah, and the music's amazing. The sound, the set design's amazing. The editing, the directing, all that sort of stuff is mm. is just extra special. I think in that film. So there's a, um, there's a sort of neat, you know, it's it stands on its own, which is nice about On a Magic Secret Service. You can kind of view it separately than the other ones. Whereas if it was Connery, it might have fallen into a the downward spiral spiral of of, of Connery, and it might not have been as good. Yeah. Another fun hypothetical I like to think about is um, whether McClory, if McClory had had an, a third chance to do Thunderball with Dalton or with Brosnan in the 90s, mm. yeah. what that would have been like. Mm. Oh, awful. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to put it out yeah. there. would have yeah. been awful. Well, uh, underwater. A lot yeah. more underwater scenes. The other, the, Another underwater. hypothetical in terms of the creatives, Martin Campbell to have directed all the 90s Bonds. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. That would be mm, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, that would be very interesting indeed. Yeah. Or or if Steven Spielberg had made um, Fury Eyes Only, oh, like he wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Like he wanted to. What What about if there weren't loads of writer strikes during Quantum of Solace? <laughs> that I mean, yeah. It's a what? Yeah. It's a tantalising what if, isn't it? What could yeah. that film have been? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's what it should have been. Really, that's it's, it, it. It was quite unfair what happened to it. Yeah. Riding on the um, high of Casino Royale, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, any more to mention? One more. What if the Bourne series hadn't have been a success? Oh. Where where would where would Bond have gone? Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's takes... furious. <laughs> Just loads of cars. It takes so many cues from those films. Um, it does, but then also, what about if it, the nine eleven effect can't be ignored either, right? I think mm. um, at that time, yeah, I think that obviously helped uh, steer things in a different direction. But mm. yeah, the impact of Jason Bourne cannot be cannot be denied. Mm. Final question: uh, I've got a few more bits and bobs to go through, but um, I know what the final question is going to be, and I don't, I don't want to answer it. All right, but well, I'll <laughs> save it for a little bit longer then. Um, <laughs> I've got some emails here, though, from other people. These these have just come through, come in over time. Um, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to a guy called David Shoebridge, who's been a new listener to the show uh, and has messaged us on Instagram recently saying some very nice things. So thank you, David. I hope you're enjoying the show still. Um, email here from a, a gentleman called James Rawl, James Rawls, and he uh, emailed to let us know about his website, Comics Royale. Uh, now, this is one that I believe... Um, uh, Alan told us about from the James Bond lexicon. So, Comics Royale. He, uh, James, basically takes foreign language, often unofficial James Bond comics, and translates them into English for the first time. Um, yeah, I've had a look. It's absolutely terrific. So, uh, if you want to check that out, it's comicsroyale.com. Um, yeah, he's taken so, yeah. a lot of work there. Yeah, yeah, he really has. Also, an email here from Val Pacheco. Uh, new listener to the podcast. Absolutely loving it. Thank you very much. Uh, he says, Wheatley, you're very wrong. Licence to Kill is certainly not lower than Live and Let Die. Um, well, I've, I've, I've actually put it even lower on the new ranking. So, so you're but, even even wronger. 
Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> you also, he also got a bit of an issue when you covered Phil Mayhew on the podcast recently. Was that your section? That was Brendan, I think. No, it wasn't. It was you, you. Brendan. Was it me? Yeah. What he said that you've com- you completely failed to mention the Long Good Friday and the Fourth Protocol. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, did, I saw this email. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Yeah, one of the main reasons is that I get told off by these two for mentioning too much stuff. So I have to then, like, just ha- handpick some bits. <laughs> and then you leave stuff out. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, Long Good Friday is one of the greatest British gangster films ever made and uh, has Pierce Brosnan in it. And um, also The Fourth Protocol is another Bond uh, Brosnan film, which shows uh, what, uh, yeah, a bit of a different side to Pierce Brosnan. So, uh, yeah, anyway, he, he does say... Uh, rant over keep up the good work so thanks a lot Val uh, Kimberly uh, last she says that uh, just wanted to know how much she's enjoying the podcast and she wants to nitpick to say that we sort of dismissed how big a deal Remington Steel was when we were talking about Pierce Brosnan yeah well I, I saw this email as well and um, we, we just didn't know like in, in the UK it's so hard to see how like sort of convey that popularity because it just wasn't big at all over here and we I, you know we, we, I know no matter how much stuff you read about it uh, over over in the states it's very difficult to imagine how big it was but yeah you uh, completely understand yeah she said he built an amazing amount of goodwill on tv every week um yeah. but yeah i would honestly say i think that's just something that we weren't um it's a uk english uh thing i think um, yeah. we just didn't have yeah. it as big here yeah we we, we, see, we we talk about a lot of these programs um and there's many of them that we just don't know hardly anything about and it's very difficult to see how popular they were but yeah Remington Steel we need what we need a Remington Steel night don't we watch a few yes. episodes and, and and get into it I mean at that well, time in the 80s the country was watching Only Fools and Horses by the millions so. yeah, it's a different vibe and then uh, I had an email from Thomas Flint. Uh, again, he's someone that's written to the podcast before and he's got a podcast sticker that we sent him. But uh, yeah, he, he he was very familiar with the area that um, New Orleans, uh, in New Orleans that Live and Let Die was filmed in. He said that uh, he'd spent long vacations in New Orleans um, and that, um, yeah, he said that the, bo- the boat chase research on the podcast was great and they drove through the bayous and... Um, uh, yeah, he said he stopped the podcast in order to watch all 18 minutes of the chase from Live and Let Die. Nice. So, uh, well, I, yeah. I I will be in New Orleans uh, in a few months. So, are you I'm, really? Yes, I am going heading over. I'm going to uh, Chicago, New Orleans, and LA. So, I'm going to try and find a few. Uh, Tempted to go to Vegas as well, just to check out some more Bond locations. But New Orleans is the one that I'm most excited about. I've been there. You'll absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's uh, an amazing place. Uh, but he did pronounce us on how you pronounce New Orleans, uh, and he says it's New Orleans, so oh, not right. New Orleans or, or however it is. But there That's you go. Our, yeah, that, we'll we'll send you some of uh, our hometown names. See if you can get them right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll save the final question right until the very last. So keep on thinking on it, Brendan. Yeah, you know what it's going to be. Yeah, I do. But we did have a, t- a, a message from a guy called Ben Branley on Twitter. He had also been inspired by the podcast to revisit all the Bond films, and he's doing them in alphabetical order. Um, mm. So uh, man very much after our own heart. And Ben said that he is his ranking. He's got through seven of the films so far, and at the top is From Russia With Love, followed by Casino Royale, 
Doctor No. For your eyes only, a beautiful kill, diamonds are forever and die another day. So not too far off what we're, where we are with mm. those rankings. However, we have been ranking the Bond films as we've been going along. We've done 12 films so far. And um, yeah, do you want to remind her of where, what the rankings currently are? Damn straight. Right. So the way we've been doing it is basically after each film special is we've just been saying, is it better than this one? Is it, and whereabouts, whereabouts does it come? And it's been an evolving list. Um, and so the ranking as it stood was Casino Royale 67 at 12, followed by Diamonds Are Forever, 11. Number 10, Die Another Day. Number nine, View to a Kill. Number eight, For Your Eyes Only. Number seven, Live and Let Die. Number six, License to Kill. Number five, Casino Royale. Number four, Golden Eye. Number three, Doctor No. Number two, From Russia With Love. Number one, Goldfinger. And Brendan, you'd been getting complaints. Oh, it's been relentless. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of times like, what are you doing? Why is Doctor No so high? You're going to come to a problem further down the line when Sky, we get to Skyfall. Like, yeah, I, I know it is going to be an issue. But because of the way we're doing it, that's unfortunately how it's ended up, hasn't it? So yeah. any Bre- chance to sort of correct recalibrate. it. Yeah. yeah. And Wheatley, you've obviously been very vocal in that you just think the whole thing's a load of rubbish um and also you weren't here for life uh, live and let die um for license to kill so you didn't even get to p- put your two penneth in for that one did you no so what we did is individually we've ranked them um so i've done a ranking brendan's done a ranking the other tom has done a, a ranking and um i've then put those given them all scores against them and have re-ranked them so are you ready for the brand new james bond a to z Podcast, 12 alphabetically ordered James Bond films. It's, it's all I've been thinking about. It's all I've been able to think about. <laughs> well, I will say there's not a huge change. I'm just going to just gonna say that. Oh, from, no, Brent, Brendan's going to get more complaints. From the outset. <laughs> Casino Royale 67 is a hard bot. It's, it's at the bottom. It's going to stay at the bottom, yeah. Yeah. I think, the entire run. That's at number 12. Diamonds Are Forever also remains unchanged at number 11. Die Another Day at number 10, again, remains unchanged, followed by A V to a Kill at number 9, same spot. At number 8, For Your Eyes Only. Now, here is the first change in the ranking. At number 7, License to Kill. Yes! That's because that's that, I'm involved. That has dropped down a place, Brendan. He's delighted, isn't he? Do you know where Wheatley ranked it? <laughs> Bottom, probably. Below Casino R67. Third from bottom. Oh, come on. So he's completely wasted that one. Still better than Die Another Day. <laughs> um, so that's what place with, with live, and let, live and Let Die. So Live and Let Die is now at number six. Mm. But at number five, tumbling down the rankings, it's Dr. No. Oh, yeah. This is the one that, that needed correcting. Uh, yeah. I think. So that is now, uh, that's dropped two places. So that's at number five. Yeah. Pushing up Casino Royale into fourth position. GoldenEye is now third position. From Russia with Love is second. And Goldfinger still number one. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. That sounds good. So that yeah. is it. That's the official recalibration of the rankings. I will update the letterboxed list for that. And we will comp- comp- keep adding to it. Our next two films to add to the list are Never Say Never Again. And no time to die. So it'll be interested to see where they end up. What about uh, Moonraker? 
Oh, yeah, and Moonraker, obviously. So three films uh, right at the bottom, then. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you let your uh, um, prejudices show there, Brendan. Um, you know what it'll be like. You'll watch it and go, I'm surprised. This is my favourite. This is going above <laughs> Goldeneye. Don't, because that's criticism. Keep getting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're a very nice. impulsive man, aren't you? Mm. I had okay. a nice night. It's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's let's wrap things up then. So that was the ranking. I'm sure everyone's absolutely thrilled to learn that. <laughs> um, but the question, the ultimate question, it's from Paul Plankic, Plankic again. And he said, with the announcement of a new Bond actor in the, hope, in the near future, who would each of your number one picks be? So who would you like to see as the next James Bond? Good point to bring up this question because we've actually been talking about this quite a lot and I think all of us probably have had a bit of a turnaround on what what it could be, really. Mm. In what sense? Explain. Well, I've always worked on the principle. I think it was actually Mark Miller who made me sort of rethink about my approach because I was always working on the principle that I wanted somebody maybe a little bit more real, so somebody a bit younger, somebody who was believable in the form of a secret agent. Um, I wanted a sort of serious actor to do it who was respectable and would bring a an, an even more, not gritty, but more real version of Bond for the modern day. I, Mark Miller made me come around and he was, he was saying, you've had a gritty Bond for a long time. You've had a story arc. You've had an in-depth series. It needs something a bit more fun now. It needs... Um, it needs to get a bit, get a bit like a Rod, the Roger Moore era, um, you know, a bit more fun to the, the Bond thing because you can't keep following up the thing with the same thing. Um, so that's sort of turned me around a bit now to um, maybe looking at people that I definitely wouldn't have looked at before. So even even somebody like Henry Cavill or something like that, where it's actually more like a fun film series of solo films that are just you know designed to be fun action and stuff like that i think i think that might be a good route for it now i did not expect you to be the one to say that i thought i was gonna i I thought i was gonna come out with that and you were gonna shoot me down into flames so i'm glad that you have said it first because i i agree you know i think um i think not only does the bond franchise need it but the world needs it right now i mean it's (laughs) it's for the longevity of the series isn't it? it it's you know, if you keep going down the route that it, it alienates some people, mm-hmm. the Bond series may not succeed. You need to yeah. constantly modify it so that, you know, more people watch it and then you go back to the more in-depth, you know, like more more gritty stuff because then people are engaged. But if you keep doing the gritty stuff and less people watch it, it's not going to not gonna keep going. Yeah, I I think Jamie Dornan could, uh, could be a good Bond. Yeah, interesting. And I think he'd be able to play that sort of bond we're looking for as well yeah yeah i, I mean right. I, i'm in total agreement i think um we've had a long time with the gritty bond and uh it's i've really enjoyed it i love the daniel craig era um but i i i just need something we just need something different I, we can't continue down this path as i keep saying it's a thing i keep saying is it, it the series painted itself into a corner mm. Yeah. There is nowhere else for it to go. You know, we've painted Money Penny into the corner. We've got like a, a an M that can shoot in the field. We've got um, uh, like 
Daniel Craig's Bond died, you know, he had a baby, all this sort of stuff. It's like it's gone yeah. so far. There is no further for it to go in that direction. Yeah. So we need something different. And I think like something lighter, something more fun, something more family friendly. Bring back the gadgets. It doesn't have to be die another day. You can make these films be fun. You can make them be fantastical. You yeah. can make them like you only live twice. You know, you need something where the, the like young youngsters want to see and want to be involved in, want to yeah. get involved with. And on, on that note, you know, someone lighter. I don't see Henry Cavill doing it. No, no. But I could not. see someone I've really come around to is Dan Stevens. I think yeah. he's he's got a lot of charm and charisma and presence. He can do the dangerous stuff as well. He's he's terrific in this program I just watched called Gaslit. Um, he's so funny and charming in it that I just couldn't see him. I could see him as Bond quite easily. And then just someone like in the in the vein of like Tom Hiddleston, I think he he could do a, a good job. Um, yeah. uh, and and someone who maybe not quite as well known, but like Henry Golding, I think he would be a good light touch Bond as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's that's three choices from me, but I'm going to say Dan Stevens at this stage. But um, yeah, I think that's a good one. I think I think I think I see it as being it's not necessarily the Bond I want, but I think it's the Bond that the world needs mm. at the mo- at the moment. Yeah, we need a Pierce Brosnan type, don't we? Yeah. Don't get me or started. Oh my! <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> You're lucky I didn't okay. say it. <laughs> yeah, let's get Brosnan back then. Right, well, this has been a fun episode to do. Um, we will be returning to normal service next week. And if we'd love to hear your choices for who should be the next Bond, so you can email us on... Um, Podcast at jamesbondatez.co.uk. Yeah, tell us your favourite posters. Tell us your favourite third acts. Tell us the... Um, what was it? The action sequence that hasn't been done yet that you'd like mm. to see. Just send it all in. We'd love to hear it all. Um, and we'll read out the... Uh, the uh, the messages and also you can tweet us uh, send us them on uh, whatever platform you're on we're not on TikTok so don't send them on there but we're on everywhere else and where, where can they find us Brendan is that how we promote ourselves now just stuff we're not on yeah <laughs> we're not on TikTok <laughs> uh, so Twitter Instagram and Facebook it's at James Bond A to Z and that's if you want to send more beef in for Weekly because he got his, something wrong you know license to kill I mean you're gonna get some more heat for that I'll take yeah. it I don't mind. I'm sticking mm. with my guns. Okay. Um, but yeah, as uh, we haven't asked for a while, but if you, if you can leave us a, re- a, a good review or rating on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts, it helps other people to find the show. So we would really appreciate if you took the time to do that. Um, if you like what you hear and you want other people to know about it, then that's a great way of doing it. Or just tell your friends and share your share the link on online. Uh, that all, all really helps. Um, another way of supporting the show is on coffee. We've got a, a page there, ko-fi.com forward slash James Bond A to Z, and you can buy us a coffee for £3, one off payment, or you can do a recurring uh, monthly coffee, and that all helps to keep the show going, uh, keeps us in mint, mint juleps and vodka martinis. And then finally, we've also got a t shirt store as well if you want to buy um, that with some Creator Spring, and that is, uh, you'll be able to find the details on our show notes. So, um, Yes, let's wrap things up there, I guess. And um, just remains for me to say that the James Bond A to Z podcast will return next week. Suppose I'll see you later then. <laughs> Ciao. The James Bond A to Z podcast features Tom Butler, Brendan Duffy, and Tom Wheatley. 
podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley, with music by Tom Ingomels, and artwork supplied by Helen Dolly. Dissolves all metals. Wonderful for poison pen letters. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.